0: Good morning, church family. How's everyone doing? How's your courage? Courage is good. So-so. It's good to be in God's house and it's good to be able to have the full use of our faculties, our our limbs. Uh, What a blessing it is to be living in the times that we're living in. I say that because there's so much going on around us and we can be a tremendous witness for Christ, can't we? As we live our lives and as we interact with others, we are an example and the Lord still have a witness right here in Fort Collins, isn't that right? And we each have a tremendous work that we must do. Uh, it 's it's beautiful how the children 's story you know talks about the ingredients of the cake, and you know there are different analogies in scripture that talks about the body of Christ and how each and every one of us we play a different part in in the, the body of Christ, our gifts our talents our um, our experience all adds up to what makes the fourth Fort Collins Seventh Day Adventist Church, what it is, isn't that right? And you know, when we when we lost um, Pastor Godfrey and his family, it was a it was a shot in the arm. It was a, a a kick in the gut. You know that man, our pastor. After two years, he's gone, and it it, it tells us something that we as a people. We must continually depend on scripture. Amen. And that because pastors do come and go, the the mission and the vision of the church continues. So we have been without a pastor now for about six months. And this, I don't know that we, you know, we are, we, we are down in the dumps. We're falling apart. We, 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 we have some. Talented people here in this church amen? amen and and God has gifted us with elders, God has gifted us with with deacons and deaconesses and different individuals in the different departments who makes this church work amen now we 're glad that um, come august we 're having another pastor who is coming and he's you know he will have uh, cast a vision and so on and so forth for, for the work moving forward. But there's a work that each and every one of us and a responsibility that we have. Amen. Uh, over the years, I've, I've studied tr- church growth. One of the churches that I pastored in Hawaii, it was a church that grew from 70 to about 160 in about a year and a half. And as a young pastor, I didn't know what to do with that. I was just baptizing people, doing baby dedications, uh, going to weddings, doing weddings, doing all kinds of stuff and just working to death. And, and it's like, I thought that the church knew how to nurture those who just came in. I thought that the church had a natural way of this happening. And to my surprise, that was not the case. I saw that I was losing people as I was baptized. I was, I was um, studying with and inviting people. The pastor cannot do it all. And so as I began to be a bit frustrated about the process, I asked my, my president then, Elder Lynn, uh, Lynn Martell, uh, can I go to, um, to, 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 to one of these SEEDS conferences where I found out about natural church development and and small groups ministry and all that. I, I went to Andrews University to this um, seeds conference. I bought all the books, went back home, um, got my elders together and say, hey guys, we got to do this. We must do this. And so we began to, to study and do small groups. And praise God, there are people still in the church there who are who were a part of small groups and they said they remained because of the family feel that they had when they first joined the church. And so they are still officers there. I am a strong proponent of small groups ministry. Some of you knew that. Um, I just finished my doctoral work and that was in Sabbath school and small groups. The Sabbath school is a natural um, small group. And should we treat it that way, it would be a tremendous way in which our church can grow. Ellen White talks about the fact that the Sabbath school can expand uh, the church. And so when you have an exciting Sabbath school program going on and people are loving on each other and connected with each other, then the church, it comes into the worship experience. The worship experience is not something where people come in and then... You know you look around and you worship, you, you, you worship, but then uh, you leave before the last song is sung, and you know you 're gone until the following week you come back it 's a place where you are connected and so this morning i have uh, I have a presentation that i I called the um, the DNA. Of, uh, of small groups ministry and you'll see what that is. But I do have a handout that I would like to get a few, of, 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 a few guys to help me to hand this out. It's a summary that just in case you might leave before, uh, before the end that you will get something to put in your hand because uh, many have asked me about this, about small groups ministry. I go all over the world teaching this. Um, and, and and it's like my own home church. I'd love to see us just look at this experience and see how we can um, try this, you know, try this out. And so I'd like to um, just just share a scripture, and, um, and and then we'll we'll go from here. Of course, we see the Acts two um, model. We see where. 3,000 people were baptized and all of a sudden they they got into community because they didn't have that much of the community thing going on before and we saw that the Lord's favor was upon them and the Lord was adding to the church how often daily those who were being saved why because the people were sharing their faith with each other they were sharing and they were in and out of each other's lives I'd like to share a text from, um, from Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. And if I didn't make enough copies, please, um, we have a copy machine right outside and somebody could do that for us. And or you can um, you can share with each other. Acts, I'm, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 um, says to us. Ephesians chapter 4. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So here we see these are gifts that are in God's church. All right? Verse uh, 12 says, uh, it, it kind of answers the, the reason why do we have these gifts in the church. For the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? You are the saints, right? Uh, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What is edification? What is edifying? Building each other up. And so when we come to church, if we leave beat up, then we haven't been to church. We should be edified, we should be built up because we come, Satan seeks to beat us up during the course of the week, he, he tries to discourage us and get us down and so when we come to church, church should be a place where uh, someone has prayed with me, someone has reached out to me, someone has smiled with me, someone has had a conversation with me, we are, we are in touch with each other and so we, we see there Uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ and how long should this continue look at verse 13 till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ have we gotten there yet? do we have unity of the faith yet? So we see that these gifts that are mentioned in verse 11, the gift of pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, these gifts are going to be in the church. What's the purpose? To equip the saints to do what? To do ministry. And so our primary work as pastors is not to do the work, but to equip the saints to do the work and we work together. Amen? Amen. And so um, I have a, uh, this, this seminar that I do again all over the world. And I pray that this is something that will help us. And perhaps this could be a launching pad for us to develop what I've been asked several times um, about small groups ministry. And before I pray, uh, we have a vision team. We, um, we've been I have been lacking uh, that our vision team had not gotten together lately. However, um, when Pastor Godfrey was here, one of the things that we did was the NCD survey, the Natural Church Development Survey, and through that survey, we found certain things that were that we can improve upon as a church. Now, one of the basic factors that helps us to improve. All the other nine, all the nine factors are small groups ministry where people get involved and we are doing things together and building our church together. And so I'm going to just share about small groups ministry and some of the functions of it and the purpose of it. As you can see on the paper that you received, I've given you perhaps my definition of small groups. And, um, the purpose of it, small groups ministry is not a separate, um, thing where, uh, an individual is on their own soapbox. It's about lifting up Jesus. All right. And so we will see that as we go along. Let's pray together. Father God, we want to thank you and praise you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we thank you for our church family. And we know, dear God, that as we differ in faces, we differ in needs. You know what they are. I ask that you will visit each person, those who are watching online and those who are here with us. And Lord, we just want to thank you for all that you do for us and what you will do. Continue to send your spirit to be with us each. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And so we're going to talk a little bit about small groups ministry and the structure and the function of it. We call, we call it holistic because there are, there are pieces that comes together to make it what it is, to make it a, a whole, uh, a W-H-O-L-E, not a H-O-L-E, L-E, right? Although we spell holistic uh, with an H. All right. So it, it is the blueprint then of, um, of holistic small groups that I'm going to share with you. And I pray that, that some way, somehow, this will connect with us. And the, the summary sheet that I've given you uh, is that you walk away with that this morning and see how the scriptures um, supports, supports this. Of course, with Ellen White's, um, I put a quote there from the book Evangelism and that will be helpful as well and so there's a five system or five pillars that supports small groups ministry and so a healthy group will have several of these systems in place the largest churches in the world friends they use small groups ministry as a foundation for their ministry Uh, now you know you've heard of Saddleback and and a lot of these large mega churches here in America, but the largest church in the world is um, is Paul Yonggi Cho, his church in Seoul, Korea, that boasts over eight hundred and fifty thousand people. Now he has a small group system in which. Uh, some Adventist pastors went to talk to him and to ask him, how is it that you are able to build, you know, this system? And, and he built it from 100 people, then 300, then 600, and it just grew and grew and grew. He, the, the Adventist pastors that went to talk to him, they asked him, how is it that you're able to do this? He went back into his office and he pulled out two little red books. One was evangelism and the other one was gospel worker he says if you adventists would use what you have this system that you have will work and so we, we we know that this is something that it's biblical biblically based we see it in acts 2 uh, exodus chapter 18 we see it in different parts of scripture where, where this is a model and we also see it in ellen white's writings. she said she says where there are large numbers in the church let the church be broken up into small companies so that they minister not only to each other which is nurture but that they will minister to those on the outside as well that's evangelism And so we must do both. And so these systems are extremely important. The first one is community. As you can see there on your sheet, uh, part of the the pillar is, uh, you will see community. So the thumb represents community. Everything uh, else that the group does is in relationship to building community now we don't build community we enter into community why because god the father god the son god the holy spirit exists in perfect community and so you and i when we accept jesus christ as lord and savior for our lives we now enter into the community that's already there with god the father god the son and god the holy spirit can somebody say hallelujah you know, it, it is a joy to be able to to to, to exist in this this thing where, man, I'm, I, I'm not alone. I may be going through my problems, but I'm not alone. I may be going through some hard times, but I'm not alone. I have God on my side. I have the host of angels. I have the Father. I have the Son. They're, they're there. And I have my church family or I have my small group um, that is there with me. This is... Uh, community is found um, when each group member is in Christ because he brings to the group the unity that he has with the father and so we're bringing what we have the Jesus in me meets the Jesus in you isn't that something and so we work that so as group members grow close to God they will also grow close how to each other. And so that's important. They flow in and out of each other's lives during the course of the week. And so we are in touch with each other. We're calling each other. We're praying for each other. If you're going through a rough time on the job and you're dealing with an issue, you're going to take a a big exam or you're you're having some issue, you call your accountability partner and you, you have a word of prayer together. All right. So that was the thumb. The thumb represents what? Community. Secondly, we have the, 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 uh, the, the little finger, the weakest one, as we would call it. So that's the smallest finger. It represents the process of growing because there are always going to be people who come to church or come into our groups who are in the process of growing. Not every one of us are at the same level. Some of us have been in in Christian, been a Christian Adventist Christian for 30, 40 years, and some are just coming in. And so we want to be able to help them get them equipped. They used to uh, they need to be equipped for their personal devotional life with God and for. Uh, reaching out beyond the group to others who need God as well so that's the that's the, the little finger now they call it the ring finger represents accountability right or responsibility the group has a system support for its members so so we design it in where there you have you naturally have a prayer partner someone who you will pray with usually it's like sex we want to make sure that that is clear or that we have it in triads so that there are no see small groups ministry is to be a safe place where anyone can come and feel safe right um, no one is going to denigrate you for um, who you are and what you what you, you might say. If there's something that we need to deal with, we can deal with it in a private way afterwards. But the 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 the, the group is supposed group time is supposed to be a safe place and a safe time for everyone. All right, um, they, they take responsibility for each other, lifting each other up in prayer and giving. Uh, encouragement to each other in their daily walk with God. How many of us, any of us don't need any of that? Hmm? We all need it, don't we? We need encouragement. We go through our tough times. We face challenges. And so that's why that area of accountability is there. Now, leadership is extremely important as well. It represents the tallest finger um, on your hand. And so the leaders are more uh, mature people in the group um, leaders have a relationship with God um, they, they know the importance of a daily walk with him and they have a heart for the people they are trained to oversee the group and to look for new leaders who can lead a new holistic small group under God's guidance and so another, another important part then the pointer finger friends represents evangelism Uh, And so that's an important, that's the, that's the goal, you know, that's the goal um, uh, initiative for, for small groups. So this is, is evangelism, as I've mentioned, evangelism is what gives the small group its forward purpose. Otherwise it turns into a club or a cozy small group, but doesn't progress Anywhere, that's extremely important. You know, something came up in in a group, and it always does, that I was in, where the people they were so connected with each other they did not want to multiply. And in order for a healthy cell to multiply, guess what? It divides and then. It, it, it keeps on multiplying. And it's the same principle about us. When we come together, 10, 15 of us come together and we are having a great time. And then, you know, that period ends and we now have a new leader or leaders who are budding and want to start a new group. We have to be able to pray for and encourage that individual as the group multiplies and we begin, you know, we start over again. And so that's the important part of this. And sometimes that's the tearing that we don't don't like to do so much, but must be done. If you, if you remember um, where the Holy Spirit called Paul and Barnabas and, and, and asked them after they had prayed and fasted and, and the Lord would now send them out. There were, there were leaders there at the church in Antioch, but the Lord had to send them out. And sometimes the Lord has to call us and send us to somewhere else or start another group so that the work will grow. This is just not about me and the warm fuzzies that I get by hanging around with you. It's about God's work and and expanding. So we know that when the group gets beyond 12, 15 people, it begins to get a little bit harder to manage and to handle, and so you want to to um, now divide the group and start all over again, and so that 's an important piece right there. so evangelism is constantly held in front of the group members they are always on the lookout for people um, to invite, um, particularly those who are lost and so wherever we are we have invitation cards um, we're constantly giving personal invitations um, hey we have a group on tuesday nights hey we have a group on thursday nights hey we have a group on on sunday afternoon at two o'clock whatever and you are inviting people to your group and uh and and that's how the the churches grow uh, the church grows remember friends as i've put on there is that um this is not about You know, this is not about my soapbox. It's about the church. It's about building up the body of Christ. And so if I live in Windsor, which I do, then I can build up this church where I am. If I live in Fort Collins, if I live in wherever I am and I can get a group of people together um, to, to build up the body of Christ, then we're all a part of this body. But we have individual groups that comprises this particular church. And it's a system that is, that is being being made. I, I remember in, uh, in Brazil, I was in Brazil teaching this in Salvador. And um, after the seminar, one pastor came up to me and he says, he said, Pastor Bill, um, you know, I have 30 churches. How many did I say? 30. One pastor, 30 churches. And he says he has 160 small groups amongst all of his churches. He meets with his elders on a weekly basis, and he meets with his his small group leaders on a monthly basis. And so how amazing that when you develop a system where you are managing this, but guess what? The elders, they're carrying out the work. You know, the people are carrying out the work because one pastor just can't do it. Right. And so we're all working together to move the work forward. So what's the thumb represent? Community. What does the pointer finger represent? Evangelism. What does the tallest finger represent? Leadership. And then the ring finger? Accountability. And the pinky? Equipping. You got it already. Look at that. Y'all are great students. So most churches today will have two or at the most three of these ministering systems functioning. Yet those churches who have all five ministry systems functioning well are the fastest growing churches today. Now, it would be so great for the church to carry the vision for this. The church board carries the vision because as we know, I believe the reason why... Um, small groups is not very successful in the Adventist church in America is because of the constant movement of our pastors. When a pastor carries the vision, when the visionary leaves, so does the vision. And so when when the church carries the vision for this kind of ministry, and we know that when we look at, Places where small groups is very successful is because there's a leader who has been there for years, year after year, who established the, the established the vision and people continue to be a part of the vision. So this is just kind of a, a billism that because you know, the reason why small groups is not as successful in the Adventist church in uh, North America is because of the constant movement of our pastors. And our people depend depend so much on the pastor to lead that we are not doing, you know, we maintain. But in terms of creating new leadership and, and doing some of the things that we, we need to do, we just kind of, you know, we, we go along. and And, and so... That's just a part of my thinking, part of my finding as I've gone from East Coast to West Coast to Canada and look at this thing. It's that, folks, um, the pastors usually carry the vision. And when the pastor leaves, so does that. And, and, and so um, we look at our NCD survey. The way, the, the way in which we will see if we have improved upon our NCD survey, which we did, what, two years ago? Uh, about two years ago or so, um, it, it's that we do another survey sometime soon to measure where we're at. You see? But often we don't get to the, the point with the same leader where we do a second survey where we measure things the way that it should. So when um, our new pastor comes, we will look at that again and see well, are we starting over? or are we continuing? And so, with the church carrying the vision, the church is saying, we are, you know, we're the ones that are, are doing this, right? And, and so, let me run through a few things here, and then we'll go. Look at this, um, a system in synergy. The sum of the total is greater than the parts. That's divine synergy. One horse can normally pull two tons, right? What do you think two horses will pull? Five, four, look at this. Two horses can sometimes pull 23 tons. What is this saying? One pastor can do a certain amount of work. But when we all are working together, man, it's exponential what we could do. And so the idea here is as we, you know, we we continue to organize ourselves and build this. What are we here for? To be a witness for Jesus. What are we here for? To build up the kingdom of God. What are we here for? We need to fill these pews and then some. Amen. And so how do we do that? I need to see that the work is my work. Personal ministries begins with me. Personal ministries. And this is what this is about, it's personal work. And so, yes, there's personal work that I have a work to do, but listen, together, if I'm in a group of of six, eight, 10 people, and we all are thinking along the same lines, how beautiful that is. You know, that we're encouraging each other as we are witnessing. And so we look at these community evangelism, leadership, accountability, um, equipping, all of that comes in Christ is the center of all of this. We, we, are, we build community through the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It, it's like a family that we're, you know, we're working together and we're doing this. All of us as a church, there's no, no individual who is less than. We're all equal in the eyes of Jesus. Amen? We're all sinners who have been saved by the grace of God. And so we are on this journey. Or uh, is it Proverbs 4:18, The path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The perfect day is when Jesus comes. Amen. Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so, by using the word of God and we're moving forward, we're going on this journey. We, friends, we're working together. We're working in community. We are stronger when we are in community. Christ has provided every way for us to be able to, um, to, 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 to make this happen um, through the death of Christ. He died but we also must die first John 1 3 says what ye have seen and heard we proclaim to you also that you also may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ and so there's the the fellowship we are entered in into that fellowship that already exists So how do I relate to God? God has provided everything in order that I may have fellowship with him. He's provided salvation. He's provided sanctification. He's provided community through the death of Jesus Christ. But then it's through my death as well. I must be willing to lay down my, uh, my, my, my preferences, lay down some of these pet peeves that maybe I have and, and just be able to to, to get into um, that community um, with, with Christ because what prevents us from community is me holding on to some things that that I'm different from that community there. They're barriers to community. And so I will hold things in my heart. I will hold things that, that makes me um, just, uh, I don't know, you know, it's said that groups go through forming, storming, um, norming, and then performing, all right? So so they, you, the group forms, then they're going to go through a little bit of storming, there's some, you know, going to... Do I really get along with this person? Do we have a good relate? Can I develop a relationship with them? I don't like how they do this, blah blah blah. And see all these little things comes it comes up in mind. But then when I surrender myself and say, and, and and begin to to um, f- to normalize, right? In Christ then I can do ministry, they would call it performing, I could do the ministry that we need to do. So groups go through that, and this is kind of a natural process that happens um, at times, all right, First John 2, 2, we see that, um, too small for me to read, oh, this one is off. Read that for me. So he is the atoning sacrifice, and 1 Corinthians 6, 20 tells us that we were bought with a what? With a price. And so, um, you know, I need to realize what Christ went through for me. And so what is it that's so important that I'm holding on to? Why I cannot have community with each other. So I have community. How? Through his death and through my death. And so, so that's how that is, exists. So there is no community or holiness apart from death and resurrection. It just doesn't exist. You know, if I, if I want to um, do it on my terms and my way, then you know what? I'm, I'm putting myself in front of God. And I need to be careful of that. So any group of people could be considered a small group or a free market group, a share group or an interest group. Um, so we have task groups. And, and this is the committee for choosing the new carpet or the evangelism group or, you know, for handing out literature. Um, you could have a study group. Right. You can have a needs group where, you know, you you study stress and it's a cooking class and, you know, needs group, Uh, relational groups where bonding is is the main thing. You go golfing as guys, you go, um, you know, quilting, you go, you just do these different things. And these are relational groups, but holistic small groups, small groups differ in that they are the what? Complete body of Christ. What makes them complete? Community, evangelism, leadership, accountability and equipping though that's the pillar. Those are the pillars of holistic small groups. That's what makes small groups what it is. They are connected to each other uh, to form the whole church. But each individual group nurtures its own members, makes plans for its own relational evangelism, gives its own leaders hands-on experience, and so on. So while the the individual groups do things to do evangelism things and leadership things and different things, you are a part of the body, you're part of the Fort Collins Seventh-day Adventist Church body. Make sense? So it's not an independent thing that's happening over here. That's that's a misunderstanding. We're not we're not forming house churches. These are small groups within this the, the Fort Collins Seventh Day Adventist Church and we are ministry groups, right? We, we promote community, we promote evangelism, we promote leadership development, we promote accountability amongst each other, and we promote equipping those who are just coming in. And so it's a system um, that is beautifully set up there. The holistic small group may choose to conduct a cooking school or neighborhood story hour or other felt-needs programs, but it is done as a program stemming from group from the group itself the main thing the group does are listed in the five system that i just went over so while small groups are a program within the church holistic small groups are the church our church should be about building community with each other amen Our church should be about evangelism. Our church should be about developing leaders. We just went through the ministry placement, um, you know, team and what they have done to help. We we should be about community where we're we're about um, accountability where we do call each other and are encouraging each other in the Lord. We should be about equipping those who are just coming in. Our Sabbath School classes are places of equipping. You see, and so we, that's, that's what we as a church should be about. But perhaps we should be more intentional as we're doing that. So the formula for producing a New Testament holistic small group is to make Christ the DNA of the group. Christ is the deoxyribonucleic acid of the church. You see, Jesus in the midst is the, is, is the DNA. And so everything that we do must, must be about Jesus and what Jesus would do and so here we look at this now we see the group DNA Christ in the midst and, and worship in Christ. So, so we do not build community, we enter into community. We made that already clear through Christ's death and then through my death. Christ has already provided perfect community through the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the one factor, friends, that makes holistic small groups so successful is that Jesus is in the middle of what we do. I want that to be very clear because some people believe that this is... It's people's, you know, people's own um, intentions. I'm going to teach this on this. I'm going to teach this on this. No, together as a church, we come together as leaders. We pray about our direction, and we move forward with with leadership. Amen? Amen. So Jesus is present at every meeting. He lives in the lives of the group members. Whatever the group says or does, it is with Jesus. At its focus, with Jesus at the center of all group life, we can experience all the dimensions of His life through His body. So, Christ holistic small groups. The, you know, He's the DNA of it, and the powerhouse is prayer. We spend a lot of time in prayer in small groups. Also, the powerhouse is the Word of God. We study the word of God. This is our foundation. This is where, where we, you know, we go forward on. And then the gifts of each leader helps to make the church or make the group stronger as we move forward. Now some of the functions is you know, sanctification, helping each other to grow as we're moving forward through this journey. Right, and so we encourage each other. Also, function is evangelism. We're doing evangelism as we go. Edification, building each other up, encouraging encouraging each other as we go along. Discipleship takes place in in these small groups. Also, fellowship that those time together, koinonia, that takes place. Then we study the word together and spiritual warfare. Some people are stuck on certain things. There are things going on in their lives, and we need to pray over people in order for them to break some of the strongholds that they're that they're doing just yesterday we were with some um someone some some folks and someone asked please pray for me i have a um smoking problem And so there are strongholds, there are people who are going through different things and they need prayer, they need someone, they they need someone to help them along the way. And also ministry takes place in these small groups. Now free market groups may do some of these things, right? But um, evangelism becomes something different. It's a recruitment group. Or edification is a counseling group. Or, or discipleship is a training group. Or fellowship is a... Um is a love boat group thank you and and uh self-improvement group you know you kind of sanctification thing and bible studies a study group and and so what we're saying is you can do these different things in a what's called a free market group but what makes these makes these a really a holistic small group is that you build community you do evangelism you develop leaders you're you you are you have an accountability within the group and you're equipping each other as you go forward. Uh, A couple more slides. The factors for holistic small group growth. What are the things that makes small groups grow? 900 holistic small group leaders in eight different countries were surveyed and the factors that do and do not grow a group were the same in each culture. So, Here in America, we can't say, well, well, you know, that's a South America thing or that's an Africa thing or that's a Asian thing. No. America was included in this. Look at this. Things that do not make a group grow. The age and the marital status was not an issue gender was not an issue education and social status was not an issue spiritual gifting was not a an an issue and whether the person was introverted or extroverted that was not an issue um either here are the things that did make the group grow a group leader who, who um spends time in prayer both for his or her own connection with god and in intercession for what? Group members. So there's, a, there's this, this connection that leaders have where they're praying for the people who are part of their group. Secondly, a group who spends time together outside of the meeting time, they're doing social events, they're caring for each other, uh, or just being together. And so that's a natural thing that takes place. When that is happening, it makes the group grow. Group members who have uh, clear goals, and so we establish some goals in the group, and a visitor follow-up. When new people come to the church, we should be in the habit of following up in a couple, three days. A phone call, an email, um, send in something to them. Um, that's that's something that we should do. And churches that are, are intentional about that grows naturally, right? It's the same way in the small group. When we do that, that is something that um, the, these people who are visiting, now we begin to see them grow in Jesus Christ. And of course, meeting preparation. So those are just the simple things that helps a group to grow, friends. Now, Group meeting flow. You have the welcome. So you you see on the paper that I gave you, welcome, uh, worship. um, What's the next one? Word. And then the last one, witness. Right? So welcome, worship, word, and witness. So the welcome, that's uh, you to me. The worship, Jesus' presence. That's us to God. That's the worship time. Uh, Then the word time is Jesus' presence. Yeah, it's Jesus, the word of God. That's God to us. What is God saying to us there? And we design the the lessons in a way that it's very practical and everyone get an opportunity to say something about it. That's why we don't want the groups to be 25 and 30 people because it's hard to to do, right? But everyone gets an opportunity to be able to share um, what the Lord is putting on their hearts. And the questions are designed so that they're not uh, yes or no questions, but it gives people a chance to share what's, what God is saying to them. And of course, the works or the the, the um, witness time, this is us to the world. All right. So first, you to me, uh, us to God, God to us, and then us to the world. And um, I'm going to finish up here. I won't go through all of these because um, my my time is... I don't want to be abusive to you. If you have more questions about these, then we can talk a little bit more about them. But the word time is, is an important time. We have application pre, um, questions there. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of stuff that I can go through. But I, I tell you what, friends, I remember pastoring in, in Hawaii where um, I had just done a, a wedding Um the Sabbath morning with this, this young couple, they had a child and um, they were not married. I did their wedding, did their baptism in the afternoon. And um, about three days later, I think it was like Tuesday, I got a phone call and they live way on the other side of the island. And um, they, the person said, Pastor, can you come? And I said, sure, sure, sure. What's going on? And they just they didn't tell me they just said, "Please come please come and and so um, they had a, a six month old baby boy um and when I got there, there were others who were part of our small group that that lived in the area that they were already there they were there um ministering and and they prayed um with them and when i when I arrived, ambulance and police car was there and um, I went inside and it was this this mother, she was sitting and she was rocking her cold six-month-old baby. The tears coming down her eyes. In times like those, you have no words to say. And so I just sat beside her. I sat down beside her and just put my arms around her. Her husband, he was over on the other side and he was, he was just crying. And we all face these times of brokenness. These times when there's just nothing that, no words really can, can help. But just the ministry of presence. Just going beside someone, just you don't have to say anything, just be there. Small groups ministry teaches us how to minister in groups and we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to know scripture backwards and forwards, but just being able to say, you know what, I'm here, I'm here. The mother, she, young mother, she would say, my, my little boy got a shortcut. He didn't have to go through all of this life. Her, her attitude about it was, although tough, she was, you know, she was in Christ. Friends, we help people to grow. If there are people that you know that are missing amongst us, use a telephone, call them call them invite them you eat right you always have a little bit to share right or if we just put it all together we can share together and so as a church family friends i encourage you let's take a let's take a deeper look at small groups ministry i truly believe that it's a ministry that can help our church to grow you may not want to be a leader but you want to be a part of one. The places where I've seen this work the best is, you know, in South America, the conference president is a part of a group. The administrators are part of a group. They're serious about it and they do it and it works. We're not like that here in America. We, you know, we, we, yeah, if you want to do it, okay, we'll support you. And, um, And so to a certain extent, that's okay. But you know what? We need the Lord to put this deep desire in each of our hearts that we give this thing a try and do it. Because we can. We're so talented. We're so gifted. It will work. Let's give it a try. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for every person that is here under the Sound of my voice, those who are hearing on the internet and those who are here. Lord, this is a wonderful church that you have placed right here in Fort Collins. Lord, we're the only Adventist church in this, in this city, in this town. Lord, help us to continue to let our lights shine. Lord, as we seek to develop small groups ministry, Lord, uh, we need a direction we need you to help us and to aid us. We pray, dear God, that you will give us ideas and give us the strength to be a witness to those around us. We thank you, dear God, for every officer of this church. Bless them. We thank you for um, making us who we are. Lord, we, we're not in the business of changing people. That's your job. And as we lift up scripture, and as we lift up Christ, he will do the changing. So, Lord, we thank you for the calling that we each have on our lives. Bless us and keep us. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.